The Florida Gators have replaced Todd Grantham with Christian Robinson, so we'll take a look at the possibility of him staying on as defensive coordinator. We'll talk about Florida Elon from yesterday, and we'll get an update on some Gators in the NBA only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Getting right into today's main point, Christian Robinson as our defensive coordinator. Of course, if you don't know, Dan Mullen fired Todd Grantham, who was our defensive coordinator for the past few years. Uh, he got fired on Sunday night. Christian Robinson, who is our linebackers coach, has been named as the defensive coordinator for the remainder of the year. And I think it's interesting to look at the possibility of him staying on board as our defensive coordinator for the future, although I'm not sure if it will happen. It's just something that I would assume is a possibility at this point. Backtracking a little bit, though, Dan Mullen's biggest criticism for years has been his lack to reel in high-ranking recruits Christian Robinson did help bring in recruits like Mahmoud Diabate and Tyron Hopper. So we at least know that he's got some experience as a recruiter. Of course, Diabate and Hopper both play significant snaps on this defense so far this season. And it's been reported that Christian Robinson is loved by players, which honestly is one of the reasons I think that he was promoted, not necessarily just for his pure talent and ability as a coach or as a recruiter, but to be able to say, hey, this team, the heart has not been in there for the past really month or maybe even longer. But with Christian Robinson taking over, if players love him, players will play for him. Unlike Todd Grantham, who very clearly players, if you just watch the press conferences, players were very clearly not super fond of him as the season kept going on this year. So with Christian Robinson, hopefully players will just play their hearts off, ready to run through a brick wall, whatever you want to use, whatever cliched phrase you want to bring up. Hopefully players will give it their all for Christian Robinson. I think that is one of the reasons he was promoted so that players will stop being lackadaisical and just disappointing. Really initially I was thinking Christian Robinson would maybe be a bit of a, Blitz happy defensive coordinator, but if you look at where he's worked, which I get, of course, this is grain of salt here because where you work does not indicate that will be your style. That's just what you've been around. It does not mean that it's what you want to run. It does not mean that is your vision, but Christian Robinson has been around defensive staffs for since 2013 uh, when he became a coach or graduate assistant that he's been around since 2013 all staffs that are not blitz happy. In fact, they are usually 
two down linemen or three down linemen and a pure edge rusher who's a stand-up guy but is usually rushing the passer. He's been around those for quite some time now. He's been around Mississippi State and Dan Mullen for about six years. Well, Mississippi State before Florida. He's been with Dan Mullen for about six years now. And so now I'm thinking maybe Christian Robinson won't be that blitz-happy guy despite him maybe saying, I want to get our linebackers involved. I will say I want to be a little bit more blitz happy in Gainesville now with Christian Robinson as our defensive coordinator, primarily because, well, one, our linebackers, not, not great in coverage by any stretch of the imagination. So if they're, if they can't cover, might as well blitz them. Right. But also, you help the rest of the coverage units, secondary linebackers, whatever you help them by blitzing because you got to speed up that quarterback's clock, speed up that processing. And you're looking at college. Not a lot of quarterbacks have that quick trigger. So if you can speed them up a little bit and make them make mistakes, that would be huge because Florida has not been good at first at forcing turnovers this season. But also we have guys like Diabate and Jeremiah moon and even Tyron Hopper who they've got pretty quick first steps. Why not send them on a gap blitzes? We saw Voshan Joseph do it quite a bit when he was in college, and Christian Robinson was his linebacker coach then. He knows that it can work. We've seen players find success with that. Ventro Miller has been a fine interior pass rusher, interior blitzer, similar to the way that the Bucks use guys like Devin White. They're just quick. They've got a quick first step. Send them on a gap blitzes and create pressure. If you can push the pocket, you can push quarterbacks outside and make them make mistakes, make them run into the edge rushers and help create sacks in different ways. We have a team where our defensive line, as good as they've been, have kind of slowed down significantly over the past couple weeks to a month and a half. So why not just, you know, give them a little bit of help there, get some a gap blitzes, which is what I really want to see from guys like Jeremiah Moon particularly because I think that when he's in the NFL, that's going to be a role of his. If he sticks to being an interior linebacker, he's going to be an A-gap rusher, without a doubt, in my mind, at least. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about PrizePix? PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and it offers all the star players of the Power Five. Like, who, who do you want from the Gators? You want Damian Pierce? We'll give you Damian Pierce and Jacob Quilpin. That's another guy that we'll give you. And smaller school players like Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan, like Carson Strong from Nevada, guys like that. Look at that. Not a Toledo reference until just now. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron points, the under on Mahomes rushing yards in the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prospects.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. You guys know by now, I grew up around the block from a McDonald's. I still live around the block from one, but it's currently being renovated. So I, I guess I technically still do live around the block from one, but it's not open right now. But yeah, I used to go two to three times a week after school when I was a kid. Me, my friends, we'd go. We'd spend literally at least an hour there because the manager who was there every day was super dope. We would go talk about the Jets, which wasn't fun. We'd talk about the Giants, which was a lot of fun because, you know, Super Bowl time when I was in school. So that was really fun. To have no responsibilities. I miss it. I used to look forward to it all the time. It was amazing. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. 
Did someone say Lockdown Gators watch party? I'm loving it. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms daily. The Florida Gators have started the season 1-0 after a 74-61 victory over the Elon Phoenix last night. It was a, I don't want to say fun game to watch if you're a Florida fan, but uh, it, it was an optimistic game to watch, I guess, because obviously it wasn't fun to watch the Gators just blow out Elon, put in the backups, and then Elon get to close the gap and make the game look way closer than it really, really was because... Yet, like I said, this game was not nearly as close as the score suggests. Florida was up so much that backups played the majority or at least a very large portion of the second half. Even then, Florida was up by about 20 until the final two to three minutes of the game. And then Eli started closing it up. Florida started just doing stuff. Like, I didn't even know what was going on at some point. It was... It was a great game for Florida. Colin Castleton and Myron Jones had stellar starts to the season. They combined for 36 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. And Colin Castleton, he's back. Just that's all you got. He is swatting everything. Colin Castleton had 6 blocks tonight, which by the way means that he's averaging 6 blocks for the season. So he is just phenomenal. Brandon McKissick had a rough official debut with just four points on one of five shooting. Wasn't great for him, but again, this is a team where we got a lot to figure out because we lost so many players to the NBA draft and transfer portal from last season where there hasn't been a ton of time to turn around. Like You, you can look at these teams and you can be like, oh, like they had a full offseason. An offseason in college basketball is not that long in, in any college sport it's not that long to get guys onto your campus get them working get training because you are limited in how much practice time you get and how many whatever exercises workouts you want to run so you're limited in these things and it's very hard to gel together so early on in the season you see teams playing poorly and trying to get things together that's just growing pains that's what's going to happen and for honestly probably the first month or so of this season this is a gators team too that i get the feeling they're gonna be pretty streaky shooters this year uh or they're going to be a pretty streaky team this year because against elon they were so heavily reliant on the three-point shot because they took 25 shots last night from beyond the arc last season they averaged 19 obviously first game average isn't saying much but this is a team where they want to push the pace and they want to shoot the deep ball, and that's perfectly fine. Myron Jones was on fire while contested, too. He played a fantastic game, and again, they shot 8 for 25 from 3, so it's 32%. That's not phenomenal, uh, if if I'm just going to say that. I get 32% from 3 is pretty good to shoot, but if you're going to be so heavily dependent on the 3-point shot, I would like to see you know, a, a, a little bit more consistency from the team. And one of the biggest bright spots from the Elon game from Florida was, you know, we've mentioned it a lot in the offseason, pretty much since Trey Mann declared for the draft. Of course, Trey Mann went on to get drafted in the first round by the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. But since Trey Mann got drafted, 
we've pretty much discussed, or at least on this show, I've discussed that Florida lacks a true primary ball handler, a true floor general that can run this offense. And so all of the transfers that we brought in were guys where it's like, yeah, he's not a primary ball handler, but he's a secondary ball handler. He's not a primary ball handler, but he's a secondary ball handler. All that fun stuff. He could be a third ball handler if you need that. But Florida here was passing the ball efficiently, and they were passing the ball often and effectively. They were finding the open man with some relative consistency, and that's something we really did not get to see a ton of last year because Trey Mann and Colin Castleton were the huge majority of this offense. But this year, Colin Castleton is still going to be very involved in this offense, and I love the work that he did in the post. My biggest criticism of his would be when he does get double teamed because it happened a few times last night where he would get double teamed, and he's he doesn't have the basketball IQ or the situational awareness to recognize that he needs to pass the ball at that point. And he kind of got in some sticky situations. Didn't really kill him too much because he just got lucky by being able to eventually get the ball out when he was forced to shuffle, but missed a couple of easy shots right under the basket. And Colin Castleton, luckily at least, didn't, you know, it didn't hurt us too bad that that happened. This is a Florida team that this year is going to be uh, I'm going to say exciting. I, I I get last night's game wasn't exciting because it was just Florida beating the crap out of Elon for the entire game. But I think that as the season goes on and the team really starts to gel, we're going to see more efficient performances from three. And I hope, um, I hope we get to see more efficient performances from the free throw line because last night the Gators shot 16 for 29, which is just a mere... 55% from the free throw line. And that is atrocious because if you think about, even if you shot like 70%, you win this game by another six. So you can perform significantly better. This is a good win. It was a good start to the season. Again, this is a team where they are all so new to one another and they need to gel and they need to work together. But at the same time, it's totally fair to give them criticism. They have areas to improve. Turn the ball over way too much. 13 turnovers. Nine of them came from Colin Castleton and Tyree Appleby, who, by the way, did play a pretty good game. But too many turnovers, from, especially from just two people. That's You can't be turning the ball over five times from the center. And then, you know, finding the, finding the open shooter, continuing to do that. Be Take more efficient threes i'll say convert more of your free throws and this team is going to score a lot more than the 74 that they scored last night and that they averaged last season but this is a very good gators basketball team this year they take on the florida state seminoles this sunday night and i can't wait for that game because well we get to ruin florida state season pretty early this year i don't know about you guys but football season is here and now i'm constantly snacking because guess what basketball season's here college basketball season is here i got soccer i'm watching during the day now i've been watching premier league and champions league it's just it's wild now working from home gotta love it but built bar is my snack now because i gotta stop eating the sugary and salty snacks so built bar is the best protein bar on the market if you're trying to eat clean but you've got a sweet tooth like i do that is no longer a problem built bar is your low calorie low sugar, high protein, and most importantly, high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% 
off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Did anybody else make money this past weekend? Because I know I did. I'm not going to lie. You know, you guys know I'm not going to lie to you. I made money on women's soccer in Europe earlier today. I do fun stuff. Why not? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, it's not fun if you're betting on Florida because this year they, um, well, they've really sucked against the spread and just in general. You, you know that by now. And Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space. Oh, and now we're going to take a look at some Gators in the NBA to wrap up the day show. And I just want to clarify, I am not talking about the Gators basketball, the Gators women's basketball game that happened yesterday, because I'm going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Gators. Didn't want to hit you with two game reviews. That doesn't sound like a blast for you guys. So Gators in the NBA here, starting off with the best Gator in the NBA, I think unquestionably. Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are 7-3 and three at the time of recording this. Played in nine games. Bradley Beal has played in nine games so far this year, averaging 24.2 points per game, 1.3 steals per game, a career-high 5.3 rebounds per game, and 5.4 assists per game in pretty much 36 minutes per game. He's playing pretty well. He's having one of the... One of the... Um, worst shooting years so far as are a lot of players in the NBA, not just Gators in the NBA, but a lot of players in the NBA are having one of their worst shooting years, primarily because they've really tightened up on blowing the whistle for foul calls. And so players that are so shots that would usually be called fouls are not being called fouls. And they're now counting as field goals attempted, which are being missed less free throws. So obviously points per game climbing down a bit, but I, it'll all rubber band, I'm sure, by the end of the year. But for now, a lot of players are having their worst shooting performances of the year. Bradley Beal, one of them uh, that's in that little grouping there. But he's been still playing very well, rebounding defensively. He's been playing better than usual assists. He's been trying, but um, Wizards, despite being 7-3, and three, haven't been amazing uh, I'll say that much if that if I can say that about them. Dorian Finney-Smith, another former Gator who is now in the NBA. He's been starting for five years now. Uh, I believe this is sixth year starting for the Dallas Mavericks, which is just so wild um, because he's not someone who, when he was in Florida, he's not someone who we were like, oh, he's he's going to be a consistent starter. Like, he's a multi-year starter in the NBA, but here he is. He's playing about 31 minutes per game. 7.8 points per game, a career high 0.7 blocks per game, which I know isn't amazing, but that's still going to end up being like what 60 blocks in the year, which is great for your team. 1.3 assists per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, and a career high 1.3 steals per game, which is going to be over a hundred steals in the season. So great on you forcing turnovers, which I don't know if it's just me, but ga- or games I've been watching, but I feel like turnovers have been a huge issue in the NBA this year. No idea why. I can't tell you, but Dorian Finney-Smith continuing his consistent uh, low-level starter or average starter contribution. Of course, people are like, why is he starting? He's only scoring eight points per game. 
he's the Tabo Cephalosha role. You know, he's not asked to be a primary scorer. He's going to primary score. He's going to show up, do his job, play his role. And you need that on your team. Not everyone could be Steph Curry, you know, now looking at Al Horford of the Celtics. Uh, he is just one of those guys where it's like, he's been playing in the NBA for so long at a high level that it's, it's just remarkable that he could do so. He's obviously with the Boston Celtics four and six record this year. He's played in eight games so far, 13.5 points per game, 9.4 rebounds per game. So almost averaging a double double. And he could be picking that up because he's been playing 29 and a half minutes per game, which could be picked up into the thirties by the end of the season, 3.3 assists per game and a career high. And when I say career high, I don't know how else I could word this. It's not just a career high. It's a career high by a huge margin, 2.6 blocks per game. That is that is legitimately insane for someone who, you know, he's not thought of as a bad defender, but he's not thought of as a great defender. That is an 82-game pace of 213 blocks this year, which is remarkable. Uh, so that is fantastic for Al Horford. A little bit of a, I don't want to say career rejuvenation because that implies that he needed it, but he's out here doing his thing right now this year. He's having a very solid year, near double-double, career high in blocks. Al Horford still very much left in the tank. Trey Mann, who is a first-year rookie guard that was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder earlier this year, very upset because the rumor is that he would have been a Nick if he wasn't on the Thunder and... um I'm a Knicks fan, and that would have been amazing to just see a whole bunch of Gators get drafted to my favorite teams, but I can't have nice things, so that's where we're at. Thunder so far are 3-6. and six. Trey Mann has played in five games, averaging basically five points per game, 4.8 points per game, one rebound per game, 0.4 blocks per game, which is not something I would have ever predicted, um, and 0.2 assists per game, which is also not something I would have predicted because I would have thought that he would have more than that in about 10 and a half minutes per game so far. He's been, did not play coach's decision in a few games this year, which is understandable because he's not someone that we really thought would step in and light the world on fire. And the Thunder already have, Iron Thunder, and the Thunder already have a, uh, I don't want to say solid guard. They, they have a little bit of a crowded backcourt right now. So Trey Mann playing when he can. His first bucket in the NBA was beautiful. If you didn't see that, I'd recommend go watching because it, it was like, what a way to start your NBA, or what a way to get your first bucket in your NBA career. So, Trayman, hopefully, going to add more playing time as the season goes on. But I, I wanted to start with this order because Trayman, youngest player or youngest Gator that plays in the NBA, and then we got Udonis Haslam, who I am going to mention. Of course, last year he didn't play until literally the last game. He played like uh, two minutes, I think it was. Uh, but he's playing, still playing for the Miami Heat. They are seven and three. Two games played for Udonis Haslam. Double what he did last year. Two point five minutes per game. One point per game. One rebound per game. Gas it statistically. But uh, I wanted to also point him out because he is still about that action. I don't know if you saw Tuesday the Heat and Thunder game or the Heat and Nuggets game. Uh, Jokic decked Morris and. Um, Udonis Haslam was was pretty about the action on the sideline after that. Uh, he he was very heated, as was Jimmy Butler yelling at Nikola Jokic after he got ejected. Of course, 
Heat were getting blown out by the Nuggets. So it was like, what, what was the purpose of it? Jokic is just a wild man. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's just a maniac. I don't know what to tell you. But Udonis has him as old as he is. He's pretty much a player coach at this point. Very about the action with Nikola Jokic after the game. But thanks for making Knock Non Gators your first listen of the day every day. Tomorrow, we will talk. Well, first, we'll preview Thursday's game. We'll get into some predictions. And then we will talk about the women's basketball game that happened yesterday. But, of course, didn't want to give you two game reviews in the same day. Now make your second listen locked on SEC. Get all your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.